I'm going to read for you a scripture, and a lot of you will know this scripture. It's actually a really great scripture if you've been in the church a while, and, and maybe you won't recognize this scripture, and that means maybe you haven't been in the church a while, and I would just like to say that's awesome because that's who we're passionate about. So let's read the scripture this morning. It's in Revelation. Uh, this is the subtitle of our, our message, when God, when God Shows Up, Everything Changes. But I added a little bit of a postscript to it, not necessarily immediately. So we're in a series called Flip the Script. When God Shows Up, Everything Changes, but not necessarily immediately. I added that subscript today, and you'll see why. Okay, so here's what it says in Revelation. My reward is with me. This is Jesus talking. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Amen? That's pretty cool. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So Jesus is the Alpha, right? So here's Alpha. He's the A. This is the first letter in the Greek alphabet, the Alpha. But he's also the Omega. And we have Jesus as the Alpha, Jesus as the Omega, but I want to submit to you today that he is also the Beta. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is the Beta. What do you mean he's the Beta, Steve? I mean that in between Alpha and Omega, there's a letter called Beta. It's in between Alpha and Omega. He's not just the beginning and the end. He's in between. And here's what I'm going to talk to you about today. It is the space between the promise and the fulfillment. See, when God shows up, everything changes. That's true, but not necessarily immediately. There is a season in between the promise and the fulfillment that I would like to call the beta. How many of you are beta people? And by that, I mean... I don't mean you use betadine as an antiseptic. I don't mean that you preferred the Betamax tape over the VHS tape in the 80s. Uh, I don't mean it's how you measure the stock. Or, or like me, I don't mean, you know, if you use beta blockers. Or if you were in a sorority that had beta in the title. I mean, how many of you are early adopters? You like to get something as soon as it comes out. Anyone in here, you're early adopters? Like when, you know, the new iPhone comes out, you want it. Anyone here want the new thing? Anyone? Not a single person. Oh, you want the new thing? Okay, yes. A few of you. Some of you online. You want, as soon as it comes out, you want it. My son, he had to... Uh, uh, write in and, and actually submit uh, a, some kind of submission to get on the waiting list for Tesla uh, because they were only offering a limited supply. And see, that's what happens in the beta. See, in the beta, it's when a small group of people acquire the new thing, whether it's a phone whether it's a car, whether it's a, some kind of software, whether it's an app, it's the beta. It's not yet complete. It's got some bugs in it. It's buggy. And so 
you get this new thing and you start using it and all of a sudden you start noticing some glitches. You start noticing some things aren't working real well. And that's called the bugs. You got to get the bugs out. It's the beta. It's not yet complete. The new version is not out yet. It's in the in-between phase. And so what you do if you're in that small group is you say, hey, this is a bug, and you let them know this is a bug. you got to work this out. And guess what? Those people in those manufacturing facilities, the people in the software companies, the people at Tesla, they're working real hard to get the bugs out. And why are they doing that? Why do they want the bugs out? Because they want the best version out there possible. And so it's true with God and you and with me. He wants the best version out there possible. Because as a follower of Jesus, you represent him. And he wants to get the bugs out. So, number one, blessings start in beta. You can write it down, put it in your notes. If, you want it, if you're on our app, you can take notes on the app. But blessings start in beta. Here's what I mean by that. Steph and I were on a hike on July 4th. We were hiking Rock Mountain. It's up Stevens Pass. You can hike it. Goes up to Nason Ridge, and it's a it's a very long hike. It's it's a it's a steep hike. There's a bunch of switchbacks that go, and it's aptly named Rock Mountain because there are rocks everywhere on this trail, and and the footing is not great. But we're we're going ahead. We're moving forward. We're climbing the hills, and all of a sudden we run into a hiker coming down, and uh, I said, Hey, how was the hike? How was it? And he goes, it was buggy. And he goes, I turned around. And I go, oh, that's not good. And, but we keep going because we're determined or stubborn, some might say. And so we keep going. And pretty soon we see another hiker come out. And I say, well, uh, let's see how this goes. And as he approaches, I notice that he has three very large mosquito bites on his face. They look like, like they're a third eye or something. It's enormous. And I go, uh, how was it? And he goes, it's really buggy, really buggy. And he goes, as a matter of fact, about 100 yards up, I turned around because it was so buggy. And I said, okay, all right, thanks. You know, uh, This is not looking good because my wife hates mosquitoes. Anyone else hate mosquitoes? You just don't. See, mosquitoes, they don't like me. They don't like my blood. Uh, I have uh, you know, no protein in my blood. They don't like it. It's like a diet pop of some kind. So they pretty much leave me alone. And... Um, so we're hiking up this hill, and, and sure enough, we get up to the top, and then we start traversing into the forest area, and sure enough, mosquitoes come out from everywhere. And I cover my body with as much clothing as I can possibly cover my body with because they're everywhere. And Steph has a whole can of mosquito spray repellent. And she is like a ninja. I mean, she is, they're coming around. You just see mosquitoes dropping right around her. And I've got, they're literally almost picking me up off the ground and carrying me. And we're just like, it is so buggy. We wanted to turn around. As a matter of fact, at one point I turned around and I said, I can't even believe she's still following me. I, I can't even believe she's still behind me because she hates mosquitoes. But I think she had this, I don't know if you'd call it just a morbid enjoyment out of killing all these mosquitoes too. But uh, anyways, I said, Steph, do you want to turn around? She says, no, let's keep going. 
I was shocked. Like, wow, okay, I am so impressed with you right now. I am so attracted to you right now. Okay, uh, let's, let's keep going. And so we keep charging away through enemy mosquitoes everywhere. And we're trying to run, and I go with the backpack, and she's just spraying like crazy. But we finally pop out. We finally pop out at the top. And we come up over this ridge, and it is just gorgeous. The flowers, the, the snow is melting, and, and the waterfalls that are coming down into the bowl. And it was just absolutely beautiful. But we had to get through the bugs. And the temptation was when the bugs came out and it got buggy was to turn around. And it is true in our lives as well that when we get buggy, when that sinful nature comes out, when those, that part of our flesh that we don't like comes out, it makes people want to turn around. We're not drawing people to Jesus. We're actually repelling them. And see, God knows this, and so he is constantly working that, the bugs out of our life. We, he takes us through what I call beta seasons, seasons where he's really trying to get the bugs out. God wants to flip our script, but he doesn't do it overnight. He does it in a beta season. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning. Because I believe God blesses the alpha. I mean, how many of you remember when you first came to Jesus? Anyone in here? I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. And maybe some of you, you're just checking the Lord out. You're, you're seeing who this Jesus is all about. We love you. We're glad you're here. Keep coming. But when I first accepted the Lord, I, when I first understood that I didn't have to be perfect, that I didn't have to live this sinless, perfect life, that Jesus forgave me, that he offered me hope, he offered me a future, he offered me life, I, I just could not believe it. I was so overjoyed. And I remember that, that I would feel God, the Holy Spirit, speaking to me and talking to me. And I remember him calling me to do things and calling me out. And I remember him actually telling me, you are going to become a youth pastor. And so I had the alpha experience, which was coming to Jesus and hearing him talk to me and, and hearing about what he wanted me to do. And then he told me I would become a youth pastor. And guess what? A few years later, Christ Center hired me as the youth pastor. That was my calling. So God, you know, he saved me, and then he called me, and then a few years later, the fulfillment of the calling, the omega came. So I had the alpha, I had the call, I had the promise, I had the saving, and then I had the fulfillment, which was the omega, which was becoming a youth pastor. But in between was a season, a beta season where God had to get some things out of my life. And there were some really rough seasons that I had to go through. I didn't realize how buggy I was. I didn't realize how prideful I was. I didn't realize how much of a manipulator I was. I didn't realize how selfish I was. And if God was going to have me working with teenagers, he, he knew that I needed to get some bugs out of my life. And honestly, I hadn't completely trusted God with my life. I still had so much control of it. 
And so God took me through some really rough beta seasons. But he did it. It was a discipline because he wanted to get the bugs out. And there is always a beta between the alpha and the omega. It's always going to be there. This is alpha in the life of Abraham or Abram. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your household to a land that I will show you. Now, isn't it interesting here that God is really specific on what he's leaving behind? I mean, if you notice, right? Your country, your people, and your household. Very specific on what he's leaving behind. But he's extremely vague on where he's going. Go to a place I'm going to show you. God is speaking to Abram, and this is he's called Abram now. He's not Abraham. Vanna White hasn't turned the H yet. It's still Abram. And so he's speaking to Abram. God is speaking to him. What a powerful moment. And he says, I want you to trust me. I want you to go to a different place. Leave your home, your family, your people. And I'll show you the rest. That's the alpha. God's speaking to him. God's calling him. God's challenging him. God's giving him a promise. And then he says, and here's what's going to happen. Here's the omega. And I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on the earth will be blessed because of you. Wow. What a promise. All the people on the earth are going to be blessed because of you. That's quite a promise. Somehow, Abram and Sarai are going to have a descendant or descendants that are going to be so numerous you can't count them, and out of that, they will bless the entire world. That's the omega. That's the promise. The promise and the fulfillment, alpha and omega. But guess what? Between that, he had some beta. In between the alpha and omega is a beta. Abram needed to get the bugs out. And so he went through a season where where Sarah could not have children. She could not conceive. Here he is. He's supposed to be a father of a nation, a nation in whom is going to bless the entire world, and he cannot, they cannot conceive a child. That's a beta season. Oh, he's praying. They're praying. They're seeking. They're wanting. But there's no child. Have you ever been there? you ever pray? And it seems like nothing happens. Or it seems like you're doing the very best you can and things go backwards. It seems like your very prayers are bouncing off heaven. That's how they must have felt. Because the, the promise was that we're going to birth a nation and bless the world, but we can't even conceive a child. It's because they had some bugs. They didn't fully, completely trust the Lord. And so God took them through a season where they had to trust him. And then God asked Abraham to do something incredibly scary. He says, I want, they finally conceived and had a son named Isaac. 
Oh, he was their son. He was the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise. Things are looking good. Things are looking up. Isaac is here. We're going to do great things. God's going to bless the world. Oh, by the way, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to take him up the mountain. I want you to sacrifice him. Beta season. What? <laughs> Excuse me, you want me to do what? And yet, guess what? Abraham faithfully took his son Isaac up the hill. And it says he bound him. And then he was willing to sacrifice his very own son. I cannot even fathom that. But he was willing to do it. And he was willing to do it because he believed that even if God allowed him to sacrifice his son, that God could raise him back up from the dead. He trusted God. He had went through enough beta seasons and seen God's faithfulness enough times that it built trust in his life. And in that final testing, he was able to trust. And it's in the testing where the bugs get worked out. That's where we work out our bugs. See, God wants the bugs out of us to create space enough in our life for his blessing. Do you want bugs or do you want a blessing? That's the question. Malachi chapter 3, which some of you are familiar with, it talks about the tithe. And it says in Malachi chapter 3 to bring your tithe into the storehouse. As a matter of fact, this is, this is what it says exactly. You are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. How are they robbing God? It's because they're withholding the tithe. Tithe means 10%. God has said the first 10% of your increase is mine. It's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. Give it back to me. They weren't doing that. <clears throat> they were withholding it. And he says, you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I want to submit to you, this is not about money. It's not about mammon. It's not about cash. It's about trust. Do you really trust God? That's what this is about. It's a question we all have to ask. You heard of the five love languages, <coughs> right? Words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, quality time, um, gift giving. Which one am I missing? Acts of service, which is mine. That's ironic. I forgot that one. You know what God's love language is? Trust. That's his love language. Trust. When you trust him, he feels the love. And that's why all throughout the scripture, he's constantly taking people into beta seasons so that they begin to trust him. And in Malachi 3, where it's talking about the tithe, it goes on to say, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. There's the bugs again. 
God wants to prevent the pests from devouring the crops and the vines and the fields. They will not drop the fruit. And, uh, it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty, Malachi 3.11. The bugs are there again, and he wants to stop the bugs. He wants to get the bugs out, but we have to trust him. And that's what getting the bugs out is all about. It's about trusting him. If you're in a beta season, a season that's rough, a season that's hard, a season that's difficult, it's challenging, a season where it maybe feels like God is distant or he's absent, what God is trying to build in your life is that you, you can still trust him. Trust him in that season. It's in those seasons of testing that he's able to finally extract those bugs. How many of you have ever had a tick? Anyone ever had a tick? Those are not fun to get off. But you got to get them off. And God has to get the bugs out of our life. There comes a moment when you need to leave the beta. See, sometimes we can be in a season so long. Even a beta season. Even a season that's rough and challenging. We can be in it so long that God has finally freed us to go to Omega, but we're still stuck in beta because we've gotten comfortable there. And I believe for some of you in this room today, you may be in a beta even though God has released you to your Omega, but you're fearful to step out. That's for someone here today. I believe that with all my heart. And by the way, I, I, I'm kind of the worst at this because when my phone says, do you want to update? I say no. <laughs> update, no. And I wait until, I, until it finally forces me to update. Like, I, I just stick with the same old thing because I'm so used to it. Even though when I update it, there's some new features that I really like. It's like, yeah, we have that little window of time where you have to get used to the new software, the new car, the new phone or whatever. But then once you get used to it, how many of you go, that's not too bad? But we get stuck in the beta season, and it can be challenging to get out of there. As a matter of fact, the Israelites are a perfect example of this. God had told Moses he's going to free the Israelites from Egypt, get them out so they could come and worship, take them to the promised land. And what happened? They got out. They went into a season getting, getting close to the, the omega. They went from alpha, God calling them. They're moving towards the omega. They're in the desert. They get there. God says, go spy it out. Check it out. And what do they do? Twelve go in. Twelve come back. Two say, let's go. Ten say, forget it. Well, guess what God said? Time for some beta. Time for a beta season because you got some bugs. You're buggy. And so he sent them into the desert. And they wandered there for years, 40 years, so God could get the bugs out. And he fed them with manna. That's how he provided. He fed them with manna. And every day they'd go out in the morning and they would pick their manna. And the Hebrew translation is, what is it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. And it's also what it is. Those are the two translations for manna. What is it and what it is. And I don't know why. But so there was this heavenly bread from God that allowed them in their beta season to survive. 
Because even in our beta season, we have to trust in God. And every day they went out. And here's what God said. He wanted to get the bugs out, right? They obviously didn't trust him, right? Because they didn't believe they could take the promised land. So he wanted to build trust in their life. And he says, now, when you get the manna, I want you to only get enough for the day. Just the day. And what did they do? They were buggy. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Israelites are buggy people. They're buggy. They were buggy for 40 years. What happened is when they hoarded the manna, overnight it rotted, and what started coming out of it? Bugs, maggots. It was buggy. They could not figure it out. Took them 40 years to get the bugs out. And guess what? You know what they're saying in this 40-year wandering? They're saying, why can't we just go back to Egypt? We had fish in Egypt. Yeah, and you were also beat half to death in Egypt and worked seven days a, a week. But they didn't register that. They just kept wanting to go back, to stay there. And there's a temptation in certain seasons of our life to stay in that beta season. And there are times, and I'm a loyal person by nature, and so there are times where God is saying, move out, step out, step away, change your mindset. And I stubbornly say, I am sticking with this. And I'm not talking about a marriage or a relationship. I'm talking about when God's challenging you to move to another season that's going to take trust. I want to challenge some of you today that God's asking you to step into a new level, to go to the omega. It's time to leave the beta. And there are some of us in this room that are in a beta season right now. God's working some bugs out in our life. And I'll be honest, I'm in a beta season. But I believe there are beta blessings for beta seasons. And I'm trusting in God for those. That right now, God is able to minister to me in this beta season. Worship team, you can come on up. I just got one final point, and that's this. Refuse to go back to your old beta. Now, Jesus had a disciple, a disciple that he loved, a disciple that he cherished, a disciple that he told, hey, upon you, I'm going to build the church. His name was Peter. And in Luke chapter 5, Peter had fished all night long. Him and his partners had fished all night long, and they'd caught nothing. And they were tending their nets. They were pulling all the grime and the gunk and everything off their nets. They were washing them down. They had caught nothing all night long. You might call that a beta night, right? A frustrating night. Caught nothing. And yet, that fruitless night was a setup for a miracle the next day. Did you hear that? That fruitless night was a setup for the miracle the next day. Some of our fruitless nights, some of our fruitless seasons, some of our beta seasons are a setup for a miracle. And so there they were. And Jesus asked Peter, hey, can I get in your boat and preach? And so he got in the boat and he started preaching to the people. And they pushed out away from the shore. Because Peter was a fisherman. That's what he did. That's what he was trained to do by his father. Him and his brother and his partners 
were out there, and they were fishermen. That's what they did. They fished all night, caught nothing. Jesus is preaching now. Jesus finishes, and Jesus says to Peter, throw down your nets. Now, I'm sure Jesus thought, or Peter thought, hey, if I need something built, I'll call you, but I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. Why are you telling me how to fish? And yet he said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. He obeyed him. He didn't necessarily trust him, but he obeyed him. And he set down the nets. And when he set down the nets, so many fish came in that it started to pull the, break the nets. See, they went from empty nets to sinking boats. Empty nets to boat sinking blessing. And that's what God wants to do with you in your life. He wants to take you from empty nets to boat sinking blessings. But it's not going to happen without a beta season. It's not going to happen without you learning trust. But here's the thing. That wasn't even the blessing. Those fish that Peter pulled in, they weren't the blessing. They were the bait. They were the bait to get him to the blessing. Because it says that when he pulled the fish in, first of all, he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus essentially said, Peter, you're not bad. You're just in beta. <laughs> you're just in beta. But we're going to work some bugs out. We're going to get some bugs out of your life. But it says that they had those fish and the nets and the boats. And if you read on in Luke chapter 5, something I'd never seen before. It says they left it all there and they followed Jesus. He called them. See, the real blessing wasn't the fish. It was Jesus calling them. And that's why they were willing to leave everything to follow him. The fish was just the bait. Jesus was the blessing. Following him, obeying him, trusting him. That's the blessing. It wasn't too many years later that Jesus looked at this disciple that he loved and he said, Peter, in, a, in just a brief amount of time, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, I will never deny you. Never. Others may, I will not. And Jesus is like, trust me, Peter, you're going to deny me. But listen, after you deny me, here's what I want you to do. Remember this. Go to Galilee and wait for me there. Leave Jerusalem. Get out of there. Go to Galilee and wait for me. Well, guess what? Peter did exactly what Jesus said he would do. He denied him three times. And Peter was heartbroken that he denied his Lord. So he went to Galilee. Only he didn't go there and wait for Jesus. Sadly, he went there and went back to his old beta season. He became a fisherman again. It says he went out to go fish. And there he was out fishing with John and some other disciples. 
and they were catching nothing. Fishing all night, caught nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, there's a man on the shore, and he calls out. And he says, hey, have you caught any fish? And he said, no, we haven't caught anything. We've fished all night. We've caught nothing. And he says, hey, put your net on the other side of the boat. Try that. And so they do. And 156 fish swim into the net. Only this net doesn't break. And all of a sudden, John looks at Peter and he says, that's Jesus. Peter's like, that's Jesus? And it says he puts on his outer garment and he plunges into the water and he swims to shore. And he gets out. He had just denied Jesus three times. His Lord, his friend, his mentor, his rabbi, his teacher. And in that moment, he sees Jesus cooking fish and bread. He's cooking fish and bread. And he's like, Peter, eat with me. You never ate with someone that you were at odds with, ever. In that culture, you would never sit down and eat with someone that you were angry at. Your relationship would have to be right in order to break bread together. Jesus, in that moment, restored Peter. But here's what I want you to think about. While Peter was having a fruitless night fishing in his beta season, Jesus was cooking on the shoreline. And so it is for all of us. When we're in our beta season, and it seems fruitless, and it seems frustrating, seems like no resolution, seems like God's not there, Jesus is cooking. He is cooking something on the shoreline. And he's asking you to trust him, to trust him in this season, that he can do more than you can imagine. You'll get to the omega, but you got to be faithful in the beta. Just bow your heads for a moment. I want to pray over you today. I believe some in this room have been in a beta season, and God is asking you to step out, have courage and boldness, and move into the omega to, to trust him with that next call on your life. And I believe there's some in the room that, that that's you. Just slip up your hand because I want to pray for you today, if that's you. Father, for those in this room that feel, and those listening online, or those listening uh, weeks from now, on the podcast or wherever they find themselves. Lord, I pray wherever they are at and they recognize that they need to be faithful to step into the promise to leave the beta. God, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit for this next season of their journey. And as they step out and they trust you, God, you will reward those who diligently seek you. Thank you, Jesus. And now I want to pray for all of you who are in a beta season. You're in a season where there's a struggle. Just slip up your hands. I want to pray for you this morning as well. Jesus, all over this room, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, many are struggling in a beta season, God, and, and they... They know and they believe that, God, you're working some bugs out in their life, but, God, it's difficult. It's challenging. And so, Lord, I pray for beta blessings 
while they're in this beta season, that they would feel your presence. They would feel empowered by your Holy Spirit. And God, that they would learn the lessons of the beta season. God, that you say that, that, that you discipline us. And if we're trained by that discipline, God, that great things will happen. And so, God, we just believe today as we just submit ourselves to your process, as we trust you, God, that you're going to speak to us, you're going to empower us, and you're going to fill us with your Holy Spirit for this season. God, we trust you today. We bless your name. Thank you that you are Alpha and Omega, but thank you, God, that you're also with us in the beta, that you're also with us in the season where we're getting the bugs out. And Lord, may we be a version of, of you that is without bugs. That people aren't turned around or turned off because we're so buggy. God, continue to get the bugs out of our life. If you agree with that, would you just say amen? Amen. Would you just stand and let's worship the Lord this morning?